I'm Bob Main. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. And welcome to episode 557, a practical show done by a practical guy. And that is me. This is Sunday, July 4th, 2021. Happy birthday, America. This is Independence Day in America. And this is a great day to be an American. Where for the pretty much the most part, we are still relatively free. Although us freedom-loving people, we like to complain about our freedoms being eroded, which they are, but we still are and remain one of the most free countries in the world. This show is brought to you by Keepers Concealment, the leading authority on appendix carry and appendix carry holsters. And Spencer Keepers himself is one of the leading teachers and instructors on appendix carry and also on concealed carry liability. So check them out, keepersconcealment.com. That's keepers, K-E-E-P-E-R-S, keepersconcealment.com. And if you want to get CCW safe concealed carry protection, you can get a 10% discount by using the coupon code KC10OFF. Please make sure you do that. KC10 off. And that will let them know that you heard about them on this show and through the Keepers Concealment Network. And it helps everybody out that way when you do that. KC10 off. It'll be in the show notes. Another sponsor is Concealment Solutions. They are makers of also very fantastic holsters, belts. I'm wearing a concealment uh, a concealment solutions horse hide belt right now. I wore that. That's my concealed carry belt. I like to wear when I go to church just because it's uber comfortable. And uh, if somebody should happen to see my belt, it's good looking belt. And even I even use this thing for business purposes occasionally on the rare occasion where I have to wear a tucked in shirt. I use my concealment solutions horse hide belt. So check them out and you get a 10% discount by using the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD. HANDGUNWORLD, 10% discount. So Keepers Concealment, if you want appendix carry and CCW safe, KC10 off. And Concealment Solutions, if you want good outside the waistband, inside the waistband, hybrid. Check them out, concealmentsolutions.com. Handgun World is the 10% discount. All of this will be in the show notes. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men 
deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes, becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute a new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are disposed are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. That's the first two paragraphs of the great Declaration of Independence, which I read every 4th of July. And some of the best parts of it, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their Creator, their Creator, that being God, with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's one of my favorite. And another one of my favorite is that last sentence. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. And basically what they're saying is when the government gets to the point that they are abusing and they are usurping and they have torn us down to absolute despotism, it is the people's right and it is actually their duty to basically replace that government, to abolish or change that government. It is up to the people. What a declaration this was. 56 men put their lives on the line and they sent this to the King of England. And believe me, their lives were threatened and continued to be threatened. So let's, let's remember this. Let's never forget what these, what these men did. And read this Declaration of Independence every July 4th. Every American needs to do that. I just gave you the first two paragraphs of it. How eloquently written it was. I love the English language as it was written then in 1776. How eloquent they could speak and write and how the meaning of their words and how they used words 
with power and as a, as a weapon and as a declaration. Words are powerful, folks. Let's always remember that. And for those of you who like firearms and freedom, this country, we used firearms to become a country. So I just can't fathom how people could be anti-Second Amendment and, and still like and love America. The only thing I can think of, and I'm going to say something probably that some may like, but I don't care. The only thing I can think of is the reason why somebody is anti-Second Amendment is because they're anti-America. If you read this uh, Declaration of Independence, wouldn't you want the freedoms that they talk about here? Wouldn't you want to stop a abusive and intrusive government from taking away those freedoms? Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want the government to take away or to, to not to take away those freedoms? It is because of firearms is a major reason why we have these rights. These people who signed the Declaration of, In- of Independence supported and or participated with firearms in securing that independence and ultimately won their war for independence and established the United States of America. So how can anybody on one hand say that they love America but that they don't like the Second Amendment? Those two just don't, they don't compute together. I also like how they wrote about the fact that not only is it the citizens' right to change a government that is oppressive, but it's their duty. Think about that. It's our citizens' duty. It's our, our, our civil duty. It's our American citizen duty to change a government that is overly oppressive and overly abusive. A duty. Think about that. It's an obligation. That's how strong the Founding Fathers believed that the government not only was not to be so intrusive, that we had the right to change it, to change it, but that we were obligated to change it. I mean, that, that's heavy stuff right there, isn't it? That's, that's pretty heavy stuff, but it is the truth. And are we at that point today? Well, I don't know. That's interesting. I think in many ways we are at that situation today. In many ways we are. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not inciting anything. As I recently said on my YouTube video, when Texas passed constitutional carry, when we became the 21st state to do that, I made a video. Go to my YouTube channel. Go to Handgun World on YouTube, and you'll see what I was talking about. I said I'm not really inciting anything. I'm not trying to incite an, an insurrection. So really, I don't want anybody misquoting me. I don't want anybody taking my words out of context. I'm going to stop that garbage right now. If anybody tries to do that. But I'm saying this. That we have a duty. Not just a right. We have a duty. To change the government. When our freedoms are being threatened. And when they are just downright abused. In other words. When the government's abusing us. And not allowing us to have the freedoms. That we already have. That God has given us by the way. God's given us the freedoms. The government likes to take some of these freedoms away from us. Not only the right to keep and bear arms, but many of our rights we already have. 
I mentioned this, it was either the last episode or the episode before this last one, that the Constitution of the United States, it restricts the government. That's what it's supposed to be for. A lot of people say, well, you know, the Constitution gives me the right to keep and bear arms. It gives me the right to free speech. Not really. No, the government doesn't really give you any rights. You have those rights already. The Constitution is telling the government to keep their slimy hands off of restricting those rights. It was meant to restrict the federal government, plain and simple. That's what the Constitution of the United States was meant to do. That's what it's all about. And unfortunately, we are not sticking to that Constitution enough. We are allowing the government to trample on a lot of these rights. Not only the Second Amendment, but many others. Now, this is a firearms show, and it's a Second Amendment show. So that's why sometimes I talk, well, most of the time, I talk more about that than anything else because that's that's what you listen for. That's why it's called the Handgun World Podcast. It's about guns, mostly handguns. Okay, so getting into mostly handguns. I want to talk to some new gun owners that are probably listening because there have been record numbers of people in the last year and a half or so purchasing firearms. Record numbers in the United States of America. Numbers like we've never seen before. Uh, Many of them are first-time gun owners, first-time gun purchasers, and that is a great thing. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I've always thought that there's power in numbers. And the reason I say there's power in numbers is because the more people exercise some kind of a right that they already have the harder it's probably going to be for the government to try to take that away from you so I congratulate all the first-time gun owners now I want to make a I'm gonna make a special appeal to the first-time gun owners actually all gun owners but especially those of you who have purchased one for the first time Here's my appeal. Here is my best sales pitch because I am a salesperson. I'm a professional salesperson in case you didn't know. My presentation is this. Please get some training. At least, at the very least, safety training, okay? Sign up for a firearms safety class. It's not obligated. Well, actually, in some states... They still have the obligation. You have an obligation if you want to carry that gun. You have to get permission from your state. By the way, that's not in the Constitution. It doesn't say anywhere in the United States Constitution. I've read it many times. It doesn't say anywhere that you have to get your state's permission to carry a firearm. Firearm doesn't say that. Somebody show me. Somebody show me if you think I'm wrong. Where does it say you got to get your state's permission to do so? But... Some states still require that, even where I sit right now in Texas, until September 1st, we still require that you get permission. But what we don't do is, in the states that do not require you to get permission, they also don't require training. Nor should they. Governments should not require training. But people like me, I am going to greatly appeal. I'm going to strongly emphasize and highly encourage 
that you get training at the bare minimum get some safety training let me tell you what happened the other day what happened to me the other day i went to a gun store a gun store i'd never been in into i was in the houston area houston texas i was uh, traveling to houston on business i'm in san antonio i was there on business i saw a gun store i'd never stopped into when i see a gun store i've never been in in my area I like to go in. I like to see what they have available, what the prices are, so forth. Just because this is my one of my passions. So I walk into this store. And about 30 seconds after I get in the store, I see a man at the sales gun sales counter looking at a handgun. I think it was some kind of a Ruger semi-automatic, but it doesn't matter what kind of a handgun it was. Here's what the guy did. The salesperson handed the man the firearm. The guy took the gun, flipped it around. This is the buyer. He flipped it around, and he pointed the barrel straight at his face, and he pulled out his flashlight, and he... he sent the light right into the barrel while it's pointed at his face. He's trying to look inside the barrel, probably trying to look at the rifling or look for whatever. He asked, before he did that, he asked the sales clerk, is this a new gun? Sales clerk says, yeah, it's a, it's a brand new gun. So the buyer flips it around, points the barrel at his face and shines a flashlight down the barrel. Now, the action was not open. The slide was not locked, locked back. Because people have asked me that. I put this post on Facebook. Now, there's many things wrong with this. The first thing wrong with it is the gun salesman should never have handed the buyer a weapon without proving that it was unloaded, okay? I mean, this this is the first rule of gun safety. Treat every gun as if it was loaded. Treat it as if it was loaded. The salesperson never did that. And the way he handed the gun to the guy, uh, he had the barrel kind of pointing towards, almost towards the buyer. Not, not completely towards the buyer, but, you know, he should have done this. He should have locked the slide back, at the very least. And he should have verified that the pistol was not loaded and then point the barrel towards the ground and hand the gun to the buyer grip first with the gun pointed to the ground with the barrel pointed to the ground action is open if the action's open slides locked back the gun cannot fire now i don't even think that's the ideal way but i've seen a lot of sales clerks do that and that's what they at the very least should be doing If the buyer wants to look down the barrel, if I'm the sales guy and I see him flip that thing around and point it towards his face, even with the action open, I am going to say something. The sales clerk didn't say anything. I'm going to say, sir, I can't have you do that in this store. I'm going to ask him to give me the gun back. And the best thing to do is 
field strip the firearm after verifying that it's unloaded. Take the upper, take the slide and everything off of the pistol. Okay, then give the slide, field strip the gun, take the recoil spring out and hand him the barrel. If he wants to look down the barrel, give him the barrel. Just the barrel, not the barrel inside the gun. It's okay to look down the barrel and, and, and examine it if you want to do that. But don't give a customer, don't give anybody a gun that you have not verified is unloaded and don't let them look at unless you've verified that. I mean, it was ridiculous. So the salesperson made a mistake. The buyer certainly... I mean, what's he thinking? Flipping around a gun that he didn't even check was unloaded. What's he doing pointing that at his face? I mean, unbelievable, folks. And this is the thing. This is why you need to get safety training. All right? Accidents happen, and they do happen. And they happen when people like, like that get uh, careless. Now, if the salesperson doesn't know how to field strip the gun, that's a problem. Salesperson should know how to field, field strip every gun that they sell in a store. Semi-automatic handgun. But at the very least, the salesperson, he or she, should know how do you lock the slide back, open the action, and check to see if the firearm is unloaded. That they should know how to do. And then hand it to the buyer that way with the action open. The gun can't fire in that situation. Same with a revolver. Open, open the cylinder. Make sure it's unloaded. Make sure there's no round in the chamber. And hand the revolver barrel down to the buyer when it's in that condition. When it's in unloaded condition. Wow. I just realized how dirty my... Shadow Systems MR920. <laughs> How dirty this thing is. Uh, while I was talking to you, I was also demonstrating this. You couldn't see it, but I was I was doing it so that it just helps me when I talk about this. And when I rack that slide back, ooh, wow, this thing needs a good cleaning. So that's one of my July 4th projects is to clean this. Probably a couple of other guns. Got to clean your guns, folks. All right. So... This is why, uh, this is just one of the many reasons why safety training and gun handling training is important. Speaking of training, Ben Branham and myself, Ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection Podcast, we've come up with a new class called Pistol Fighting Dynamics, and we're teaching it in San Antonio and Dallas this year. San Antonio, late September, 25th and 26th. Dallas in October 16th and 17th. Go to handgunworld.com or modernselfprotection.com. You can see all the details of the class. It's a two-day class. We're going to be respectful of the fact that ammo is expensive and sometimes hard to get, although it's coming down and a little bit more available. That's good to see. But we'll be respectful. You're not going to have to burn up you know, a thousand rounds. It's probably going to be more like between 400 and 500 rounds through a couple of days. You can shoot more if you want, if you have it and you can afford it. But come train with us. Go to handgunworld.com. Get signed up. There's early bird specials. You can save a lot of money by 
signing up early. If you're a graduate in the past of our classes, you can save money. There's a discount if you're a Shooters Club member. By the way, for those of you who are not members of our Shooters Club, it's a fantastic value. It's only $8 a month or $75 a year. There's over 85 instructional videos. Think about that. Over 85 videos for $8 a month for 75 bucks for a whole year. And we keep putting new ones on there all the time. I have a Patreon page. You can support me on Patreon for as little as $3 a month. And I just put up a new video there on a practice drill. So I went to the range and I filmed one of the practice drills that I do. And I put that on my Patreon page. So you can find all this at handgunworld.com. Check it all out. The show notes for this episode and everything. Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about modern day survivalism. Doing what you can with what you have wherever you are. I'm borrowing that from Teddy Roosevelt uh, when he said that to the Rough Riders. Do what you can with what you have wherever you are. I believe that was at San Juan Hill when he said that. But I think it's a great modern survival philosophy. You got to do what you can. And I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, mental, mental survival. It's a mental game. This whole thing's a mental game, folks. And what I mean is life in general. So this is not going to, this last half of this show is not going to only be about guns. It's going to be about surviving life because that's, I think, just as important. Be careful what you put in your mind. It's pretty easy to pollute your mind or to allow it to be polluted. Be careful who you are around. This is July 4th weekend. A lot of us are going to have family around us. We're going to be with our family and doing things. Be careful. Be careful who you're around. Be careful what they say to you and what they ask you to do. Be Just be real careful about some of these types of things because I really believe that you're a product of the company you keep. You are a product of the company you keep. Uh, and it's, it's very easy sometimes to fall into some negativity and some traps because people around you are that way. Okay, they're bad seeds, right? Here's, here's what you do to negative people. You know what you do to negative people? When somebody's being negative to you? Just put your hands up, like about six inches from their face, and say, bad seed, bad seed. <laughs> Turn around and walk, walk away. Bad seed, bad seed. Now, that's, you know, kind of a joke, but mentally, that's the way I want you to think about it. Maybe I wouldn't suggest doing that, actually, <laughs> unless you happen to know the person extremely well bad seed put your hands up bad get out of here no but but in your mind in your mind shut that off and and try not to let negative and and folks i'm guilty of this sometimes i i let the bad seeds get into my head it's it's easy to do uh but we we shouldn't do that because you know your mind's a powerful thing Whatever you put into it generally comes out of it. So, you know, it's like a, like a computer. You put bad stuff in, bad stuff sometimes comes out. The one thing you got to worry about is, is try not to tell yourself you can't do something. Um, because the time that you can't do something is when you don't try to do it. That's for sure. If you want a 100% chance that you're going to fail, then don't try. That's, you have a 100% chance 
of failing if you don't try. You have a better chance of succeeding if you try. And you have an even better chance of succeeding if you try a lot. Try many times. Try it different ways. And you have an even better success if you try. Try it many times different ways. And with multiple repetitions over and over and over again. So this is this is kind of modern day uh, mental survival that, that I want to chat with you about and, and explain some things that I learned long time ago. Okay, so there's a huge mental game that you have to learn to uh, play here. Also, taking advice. Be careful who you take advice from, okay? Very critical that you're careful about who do you take advice from. Here's some Here's a good suggestion I want to give to you. Never take advice from anyone more messed up than you are. <laughs> okay? Think about that. Uh, some, sometimes we're guilty of that, aren't we? We take advice from someone that is a little bit more messed up than we are. Especially if you want to learn something. If you want to learn something, be sure to be sure that the person you're trying to learn from can can do what it is that they're talking about. Some people are doers and Others are just talkers. Don't take advice from the talkers. Take advice from the doers. Figure out if the person giving you advice is a talker or a doer. What are they? Which one? Because the doers are the ones I think that you want to listen to. This is why I'm a firm believer. When you take our class, Ben and I are going to demonstrate in the class what we want you to do. We're going to get our guns out and we're going to demonstrate the techniques that we want you to do. And we not may, may, may not be the, the absolute pros at it. We might not be the best you've ever seen in the world. But we are going to be pretty darn good and we're going to demonstrate it. And I believe that every instructor should be able to do that. Okay? So, be careful who you take advice from. Be careful who you listen. You need to ask yourself just a, a simple question. Can they do what it is that I want to do? Are they living the kind of life that I want to live? Or, or in this personal journey, in let's say it's money, let's say it's financial advice. You know, Does this person practice what they preach? Do they stay out of debt? Do they have a reasonably good amount of investments? Are they on their way to, to building a financial future that's good and that's secure? If the answer is yes, then, then that's who you want to model after. But if the answer is no and they're just regurgitating something that they heard, but they're not putting it in their own life, well, you may want to think about staying away from that. If you want to build something, I mean, let's say you want to you build something, uh, you Find out who else has built it and talk to them. What kind of tools did they use? All right, what, what size was it? For what purpose? Things like that. And, and it's, it's just very simple, but, it's, but often, it's often forgotten. People don't, people don't take advice from the doers. They take advice from the talkers. And so be careful of that is all I want to say at this point. But... Survival, modern-day survivalism is a mental game, is it not? Really, it's a, it's a mental game. And I, you've, you've heard me talk about years ago when I used to do today's survival show, a very common-sense modern survival show. 
I've thought about at times bringing that show back, but I just don't really have the time other than this podcast and my full-time job, which I do very well with my full-time job, and it takes up a lot of time. I just don't really have the time to dedicate to today's survival show like I used to, but I added into this show here and there. I add some of the skills in there. So what are you doing with your time? And are you, are you recognizing what, what the threats are in your area? What are the common sense threats that you may encounter? Right? Do you live in part of the country where, where there are a lot of hurricanes? Do you live where there are tornadoes? Do you live where there are earthquakes? Or how about drought? Or snowstorms? Or blizzards? Something most of us in South Texas did not do a good enough job of preparing for. So we got nailed really hard in Texas back in February because a lot of people were not prepared for the blizzard. And I got to say, I got to say the blizzards like what happened earlier here in Texas, they just hardly ever happen. So it's, it's one of those events that Texans don't put at the top of their list in terms of survival. We just don't. We don't put it at the top because doesn't make much sense to put it at the top because it hardly ever happens. Common sense, no tinfoil hat philosophy says, figure out what is most common to happen in your area and prepare for that. And what's really interesting is when you do that, when you prepare for the most common disasters, the most common stink hit the fan events, when you do that and you're very well prepared for those, those preparations will carry over into other disasters that might not be so common they'll help you in other disasters that might not be so so common but when they hit you because you have taken the time to prepare because you've taken the time to think this through it's going to help you what you've done to prepare for these will help you better than somebody who is not prepared at all even if it's something as simple like have another refrigerator or freezer in your house okay now you might say well Bob what happens if the power goes out well if the power goes out that's a difficult situation hopefully you have a generator but the power doesn't always go out and doesn't always stay out for a long time this winter we had some people out for a week or two so that's where a generator comes in very uh, very important at my house we only lost power about 27 hours okay the food in our refrigerator did not spoil in 27 hours. And we also spent a lot of our 27 hours eating things that did not need to be taken out of the refrigerator because we didn't want to open the refrigerator. Because a refrigerator that stays closed, it keeps cool for much longer. So we didn't have any foods perish in the 27 hours that we were without power here. But having a second refrigerator and a second freezer helps you in a lot of other circumstances. You know, uh, we, we've all seen in the last year and a half, stores run very low on their supplies and on their stock. Very low and not carrying enough stock. And shelves going bare. Okay, if you've stored up, you can mitigate that problem. If you've stored up. You got two freezers, you got two refrigerators, you can store a lot of food. 
You know, you can store, you can have 30 days worth of food. In a lot of cases, if you have two, two freezers or a big freezer and then a small freezer, we've got two refrigerator-freezer combinations. And we can store a lot of food in there. So in case the shelves are bare at the, at the grocery stores again, we, we can get through it for a while. I mean, here where I live, near in the San Antonio, Texas area, the stores were bare during COVID, but it was, uh, you know, for about six days. And then they started slowly but surely getting more stock in. But it could be worse. We could find ourselves in a disaster where food is non-existent for more than six days. Are you prepared for that? Okay, think about that. Are you prepared for that? Sometimes you have to budget for stuff like that. So... Instead of budgeting for, you know, stuff we really don't need, like going out to a, a fancy restaurant and things like that. Instead of budgeting for those things, how about budgeting so that you got the money to buy a month's worth of food and keep it in your fridge, your freezer, in your pantry or pantries, especially food that is uh, non-perishable or takes a long time to go bad. Okay, that's it. That's mainly what I wanted to talk about in this episode. I have somewhat of a self-imposed time limit, and that's 45 minutes. I like to keep my shows to 45 minutes or less, and I'm well under that now. So that's okay. I'm going to give some of your time back to you to think about some of the things that I have said. And I just want to ask you a few questions before I leave. What is it that you are doing? To improve your life today, to improve your shooting skills today, to improve your preparations, to improve life overall. I'd like to hear. I have a voicemail, 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. You want to leave a voicemail? Uh, you want to be on the Handgun World podcast? Leave a voicemail and, and I'll, I'll play your message on the show. I'll respond to it answer it if you want to just say something and you don't want to be on the show that's fine tell me don't put this on the air bob and i'll respect it but uh, give me a call email handgunworld at gmail.com remember i have an amazon store folks and i put products that i like to use on my amazon store i put a lot of things on my amazon store that i actually use i don't like to just try to sell products that that you know are out there and in the, that i don't have any experience with using them if i have experience with them and and using them or operating them i like to put them on my amazon store check it out go to handgun world click the amazon store uh, follow one of the links that i've got on there you don't have to buy that product on the link you can buy anything you want but use one of the links on my store i'll benefit from that helps support this show and you don't have to spend any, any any extra money doing that So that's my episode for this Independence Day, July 4th, 2021. Remember, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.